I've come to a position where it's all on the line today. It's all on the line. I'll tell you very frankly, before we take a text, because of what I'm willing to preach on the next coming weeks, because of what we're going to deal with, because we've been called and appointed to the time and the hour that we're in, we're having to take tough stances. A lot of the tough stances is just because the church has, has, been, has been lax and undisciplined and un... And what's the word? Out of order for so long that we think just asking for what's right is radical. It's not radical to ask you to quit goofing off during worship service when the Spirit of the Lord's moving. That's not radical. If I ever have to mention it again, I'm calling you by name. Forewarned is fair-warned. It's not popular. To expect us to worship when we come into the house of God from the beginning. It's not popular to stand and say there's right and there's wrong. It's not popular anymore. I don't know that it's ever been popular. It's not popular when you go against the grain. It's not popular. We love to say that iron sharpens iron, but I'll tell you, and iron does sharpen iron, but I'll tell you how iron sharpens iron. It's pulling against each other, against the grain, and throwing a lot of sparks while it happens. I want you to know some things I realize as I stand here and what we're leading into. I am of the complete understanding that not everybody likes it and, not, and probably not ever, even everybody will stay. But I also understand a complete obedience to the word of the living God and a mandate on my life. And I understand that if I believe that his promises are true, that he, will, that he will not leave us lacking. And that what we have and what he will build on will be on a solid foundation. And when the storms come and the winds blow and the storms are coming and the winds are blowing, that the house will stand. It's tough. And it's hard. I'm taking on all of the human condition today. It's not politically expedient. I'm going to tell you it's not denominationally expedient to stand for what's true. To begin to teach what the real battle is and how it really works. It's a tough, tough, tough position. But I assure you as I stand here before God as my witness that I stand here and do it because I watch over your soul. That's what the Bible says. It says to pray for your leaders for they watch over your soul. Young person, I'll call you out for being disrespectful and blasphemous in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But why? Because I watch over your soul. I'm not willing to sacrifice you to silliness that'll lead to your destruction. 
Mom and dad, I'm willing to say it. Because I watch over your soul. And I'm not willing to sacrifice anybody in the age that we live in because it didn't get said. It didn't get taught. You say, something's changed in our pastor. You better know something has changed in your pastor. I love to have a good time. I love to laugh. I love to cut up. I'm a fun person. But we are in a serious hour, and there is a time and a place for everything. And I'm going to say it one more time. When it comes to when the service is started, and the Spirit of God has began to move, that zero silliness will be tolerated. We're in a fight. Can I ask you a question, knowing that we're in a fight? If you were on the battlefield for your life, if you were physically standing with the enemy before you, would it be the time to be cutting up and half asleep and being silly and telling jokes and having a good time? There's a time for it, but would that be the time? Would that be the time? So why do we think now's the time to not think the things of God seriously? We are in, I, I am fully convinced that right now today and in America, that if we had any idea the danger of the time that we stand in, we would fall on our face before God right now and beg him for his strength and for his mercy. That is how critical the hour is. We are standing on the precipice of nuclear confrontation for the first time in most of your lives. Now, some of us grew up at a time where the threat of nuclear annihilation was very real. I'm telling you, you're standing in the hour that that threat is very real again. In fact, you can expect some kind of nuclear detonation in the coming months from crazy people on another continent. You can expect it. I'm going to tell you when Vladimir Putin begins to say Ukraine is going to detonate a dirty bomb and they're going to do this and they're going to do that, what that really means is I'm about to detonate a dirty bomb. Church, this is why your pastor is dead serious and has made up his mind that come literally hell or high water, I'm going to stand. We are in a time, literally, we're in this country that I understand we have approximately 23 days of diesel fuel on hand. Well, that doesn't sound like any big deal to me. I hadn't really gave it any thought. If you think things are expensive now, If you think things have been hard to get through COVID, if you think inflation is high, let the fuel supply that runs the trucks up and down these roads and, run and powers the trains that run up and down these tracks and the planes that fly everything from here to there 
because jet fuel is low too. If you think things are bad now, you have never seen anything. I'm telling you, the hour is late. I am telling you, the time is desperate. I am telling you, when we're in the, the presence of God to meet as the church, that there is no other time to waste but to get down to the truth and to be serious about where we're at and to engage in the warfare that is set before us. It's not hyperbole. I'll even go this far. If I am, this, if I am crazy, if I have stepped out too far, if, we, if, if, if the war is not as hot as I say it is, then I will submit myself to this board for any kind of rebuke they have for me up and until asking for my resignation. That's how confident I am. I will set myself before this board and under their, under their administration and under their, under their covering and put myself for public repentance rebuke, or resignation. That is as on the line as you can put it. That's how confident I am of the, of the seriousness of the hour. It's serious. I'm afraid. You don't have to be afraid. If you're a child of the living God, all it says is that you are supposed to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He tells us in Matthew the things that are going to happen. We either believe this book or we don't. He says, he says, he says don't be afraid. These things must be. Listen, he's still Jireh. If you will trust him, he will provide. He is still the God, the Holy One of Israel, who, who, is, who will save by his strong right hand. He is not weakened. The problem is, is, is the church walking in obedience with who he is, and are we engaged in the fight? The warfare that we're in has put, I'm just an open book. I'm telling you, it has made my life a living hell just preparing for what had to be taught and taught, had to be preached in, in the coming weeks. That the assault has been like I have never seen in my life on me personally. Now, I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I'm just informing. I'm talking about the price that it takes to stand and to take the stands that have to be taken. I want you to know where I'm coming from. I want you to know I'm not an ogre. I want you to know I don't enjoy it. I want you to know when we go to dinner, when we, go, when we have games tonight, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to love, I'm going to play. When, you come with, when, you, when you're in your desperate situations and you meet on the other side of that door in my office, I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to stand with you. But in this house, we are going to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because we're in the fight of our lives. We're in a terrible position as a church. I'm putting myself on the line with my denomination this morning, I promise you, in just a few minutes. But somebody has got to stand. The warfare is spiritual. I told the Sunday school class this morning, everything your eyes fall on this morning is temporary. 
Everything. Everything. Listen, this shell of a man that you're standing, listen to this morning, this body is temporary and so is yours. This sheetrock, <laughs> this carpet, every, this steel that holds it up, the car that you rode in, everything that your eyes can see is temporary. But the spiritual things are eternal. You're going, your spirit and your soul are going to live eternally somewhere without exception. And, there, and the, the fight, see, I'm telling you that the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm because the physical realm is temporal, it's temporary. But the spiritual realm is eternal. And there is more in the spiritual realm than could ever meet the natural eye. The real battle is not in this, with flesh and with blood and with human beings. The real battle is with principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a spiritual battle, and it's high time the church of the Lord Jesus Christ had somebody step into the pulpit and say you are engaging with the powers of hell, and if you don't fight, you will lose. If you don't fight, you will lose. The problem has been that for all of my life and probably all of yours, because it's hard to address, because people misunderstand, misapply all the misses, that we don't even teach that we deal with the spiritual realm. All of my life I've heard we, we bought the lie that Christians don't even deal with demons. That's a lie. That's a lie. We're so hung up on the word possession that we don't even consider anything else. The Holy Spirit asked me a question on the way to work this, or well, it is work, on the way to church this morning. And I'll ask you, before we even take a scripture, can I ask you a question? When and where did we ever come up with the idea that demons had to possess you to destroy you? I'll ask you again. Where did we ever come up with the idea, with the notion that demons had to possess you to destroy you? We're so hung up on possession. A, deep, a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. We're so hung up on possession. Now, possession is real. Possession is now. Possession happens, but the Word of God very even rarely uses the Word. But I can tell you that the Word of God tells you clearly that you can be destroyed just by taking heed to demon spirits. I'll just go there. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. We'll go there first. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Put it on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now. <laughs> that's a, consider that word first. Now. 
the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Express, say, speaks expressly that in the latter times, where are we at? That in the latter times, some will depart, leave, abandon from the faith. And the faith means just exactly what it says. I'm going to tell you that there are more people that are deceived and lost today because they care more about their denomination's doctrinal statement than what the Word of God says. And I hate it. Because people need to see clearly what the Word says. Not, the Spirit, it doesn't just, the Spirit doesn't just speak, it speaks expressly that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. How? It gives you the reason how and why. How? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Giving heed to, giving into, making themselves available to, believing in. Go look up to take heed. Look it up in Webster's. Look it up in Strong's. Look it up in Vines. Look it up in anything you want to. What does giving heed to? Means giving into, believing in, adapting to. Seducing spirits and doctrines, that's teachings, of devils. Doctrines of devils are all around you. When I open social media, I, I, I can tell you, I, I told the Sunday school class last week, I'm going to tell you, TikTok is largely dedicated to doctrines of devils. I found out more about what's being taught this generation uh, on that platform than anything I've ever seen. One right after the other, after the other, with, with, people, with, with false teachers that are deconstructing the Christian faith to this generation. With half-truth and innuendo. Doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils, teachings of devils are anything that goes against the word of the living God. This is the doctrines of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is who he is. This is the character and the will of God. Anything that rises up against it is doctrines of devils. Oh, they're seducing spirits. That means they look good. They sound good. They feel good. Have you ever been... No, this is rhetorical. Have you ever been seduced by anything that was unattractive? No, of course you haven't. It wouldn't be seductive at all if it wasn't attractive. Giving heed to seducing spirits doctrines of devils i want to tell you right now before i go any further in the coming weeks the theme of everything will be jesus is the answer 
Jesus is the answer to seducing spirits. And Jesus is the answer to doctrines of demons. Teachings of. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's read for just a moment. More than I intended to, so I'll read quick. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. Let's read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For it is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you. If you don't, it won't be. Every mom and dad in this room ought to have said amen. If you don't, it won't be well with you. It won't be well with you at my house real quick. And you will live long on the earth. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them into the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Servants, obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, and fear and trembling and, and singleness of your heart as to Christ. Not with eye service. Oh, here's one. This is why I had to read more. Not men pleasers. You can't preach the gospel and be a men pleaser. Did you know you can't preach the gospel in fullness and accuracy and teach what is right and be a man pleaser at the same time because the heart of man is above all things wicked? But as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing a man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And you masters do the same to them, forbearing threatenings, knowing that your master also is in heaven. There, neither is there any respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able Twice I want you to notice. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. I need you to let that sink in. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. It's talking to the believer. That you may be able to withstand the wiles, to stand against the wiles of the devil. I want you to read that and understand if you don't put on the whole armor of God, he is clearly telling you that you won't be able. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take you the whole armor of God again, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all stand come on somebody having done all mom and dad for crying out loud stand school teacher for crying out loud stand pastor stand evangelist stand Christian stand Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And having the blessed plate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which 
wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching therefore with all perseverance and watching therefore with all perseverance and watching therefore with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. He tells you clearly, we've been taught to believe that we don't deal with these things. All of us agree universally across the church, universal, that the fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Everybody wait, nods their head and says amen. And we all agree universally that principalities and powers are the angelic hierarchy of the fallen, of, of the fallen angels. Principalities being the highest rank, powers being the lower rank, rulers of the darkness of this world, the rulers still angelic, fallen angels, spiritual wickedness in high places, demon spirits. It says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but you do wrestle against principalities. You do wrestle against powers. You do wrestle against rulers of the darkness of this age. You do wrestle against flesh and against spiritual wickedness in high places. How do we miss it? How do we talk out of both sides of our mouth? We don't deal with that today. Well, then why did Paul say the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to, giving into, cooperating with, seducing spirits. That's not the Holy Spirit. And doctrines of devils. See, the battle, see, we're spirit, soul. I've been teaching you for months that we are spirit, soul, and body, have I not? Your body is temporary. It's, it's, it's going to the dirt. It's go, and no matter what, it's, you're getting a new one. A spiritual body. Your spirit is, is, is the knower. It knows the things of God. But your, but your soul, and your, that includes your mind, is, is the, the realm of the attack. This book tells you to gird up the loins of your mind. This book tells you let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. This book tells you that I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your body, it's dealing with your body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. He says, and be not, who's he talking to? He's talking to me, he's talking to you, and be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. The, the enemy always has access to your mind. Always. Always. That's why your mind has to be renewed. That's why he tells you to gird up the loins of your mind. That's why that he, that he is constantly telling you to guard your thoughts. You say, I don't believe that. 
Well, I want to ask you a question, some real practical things before I get any further. When you come and tell me that you've been in a warfare all week, all of you come and tell you, that happens, how many ever been under attack from the enemy? Where did the attack happen? Where did it happen? Where, what kept you up at night? Where, when it, whenever you felt worthless, whenever you felt like less than, whenever you felt like that, that nobody loved you, whenever you felt like where, whenever you had all those feelings that caused you to doubt everything that the Word of God said, where did it happen? Who was it? Mm. Why, if that's not true, would we have to bring every thought into captivity why if that's not true would we have to cast down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God somebody tell me if that's not true and we think that we don't deal in the spiritual demonic oppressed influenced world we think we can we can fight the enemy without knowing the word we think we can fight the enemy without being in, in prayer we think we can fight the enemy without being submitted to god I, I james said i tell you therefore submit yourself to god resist the devil and he will flee from you Amen. seducing spirits they sound great they sound wonderful the the whole church it's living under a seduction largely today. Then we think nothing matters anymore. We think anything that's holy, anything that's a stand, anything is righteous. Yeah, I agree with Ravenhill. He said there's a word in the church today for anything that we don't like. We call it legalism. If we don't like it, we call it legalism. I'm going to tell you there's things that were legalism all of my life that were never in there. But I'm going to tell you the things he asked for that are holy, the things he asked for that are righteous, the things that he asked for that are right, they're not legalism. They're the Word of God. And they're for you and they're for me. He asked for it for you. Seducing spirits. Oh, I'm fixing a mess <laughs> I want to hear it, Caleb and Nelda, when you turn it on. I want to show you how seducing spirits can work. Is it all right? Play it. Uh, turn it up. your attention seducing spirits doctrines of devils now I get myself in hot water but you know what this is a this is a, a, a local youth group when I say local it's in our district and it was promoted on the district youth pastors page so I feel like it's open game I don't need anybody's permission yeah 
There's a thing about what's secular and what's profane. There's a difference about what's secular and what's profane. You say, you're going to get off on little guns and roses this morning. You're going to talk, you're going to, talk to us about what we listen to this morning. You hear me. I'm going to explain some things. Whenever you begin to call the things that is profane ministry, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. Whenever you have, what, what do you call it, a hyped entrance for your youth pastor into your the youth group, I want to ask you a question. Now, I don't, you can get mad. You can turn me off. I don't care. But answer the question. Because ministry is to lift up Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he might increase. I want to ask you, who's the focus of that entrance? Because it wasn't Jesus. I want to ask you, whenever the profane crosses into ministry, and you get, hey, they get the crowd, because so I'm going to tell you, it's seducing. Amen. But I'm going to ask you a question. Whenever the soul of man is being bombarded with, with welcome to the jungle, we got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. We are the people that you find whatever you may need. If you got the money, honey, we got your disease. Welcome to the jungle. It gets worse here day by day. You learn to live like an animal in the jungle where you play. Skipping down, you, you know where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. Doctrines of demons being pawned off as ministry. That's doctrines of demons that are seducing spirits because it hypes. It draws the crowd. People can say, look at our youth group. Look at what's going on here. But what's in their spirit? You say, you believe it? You know, you've never listened to a little Guns and Roses? Well, you know, let me tell you about a little bit of Guns and Roses and what the difference is in some of these. And, and, the, and the answer to your question is, that's not my life anymore. But I'll answer another question for you. There's a big difference in somebody that still hears familiar tune and familiar things and it gets your earworm and all that and it takes you back in the day then, then, then somebody that's full of the Spirit of God but then there's somebody that's empty and the only thing to fill it is is when they go home and it begins to get in their spirit that we got, every, we got everything, we got the disease for you if you got the money. It, it, it gets in your spirit if you get worse here day by day. Where in the world do we come to, are we coming to and calling it ministry when we're teaching young people that it gets worse here day by day and that you're going to die? Because see, it, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And the fact, of the, the fact that people are bowed up and, and, and already dismissive about, about playing the video and, and, and chasing every excuse they can be will tell you that we've been seduced. Right. Right. 
when the profane takes the place of ministry. Thankfully, Jason, who even pointed it out to me, and knowing where he stands, I was able to say the day he showed me this junk, I said, you know, of course, that if that had been you, you'd, you wouldn't have had a job by 10 o'clock the next morning. But he wouldn't expect to either. Seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils. Your, your, your children are dealing with it. More than you are. In the coming weeks, we're going we're gonna to name every biblical spirit that the New Testament names, and we're going to deal with it scripturally. We're going to get serious. We are serious, not going to get serious. We, the reason we're meeting at 5 o'clock on Sunday to pray is because we're serious. The reason we're taking on hell itself and all the spiritual things that people laugh, and they're going to laugh at you. There are going to be people laugh at you here. You just laugh away. Whenever life comes at you hard and you, and you call me in the middle of the night, when you were laughing this week, I'll be praying for you, with you next week. Amen. I'll be there for you. I don't want you to find out the hard way. You want to know why, we're, why we've got a society full of, of lust and sexual perversion? that's opened the floodgates of hell on this country and this world, it's because of what we're taking in. It's because of what we're feeding on. And it's because the pulpit's not willing to stand up and say, you gotta stop it. Some, oh, you're so legalistic. You're so legal. You think it's legalistic to say that you can't be watching hours of strangers having sex on your screen? You think that's legalistic? And we think we're just talking about hardcore porn here. Oh, we're certainly talking about that because we're drowning in it. But we think we're unaffected. We got suicide rates as the highest we've ever seen among our young people. We're talking about men. How many ever hear that we have mental health crisis? I'm going to address it in the coming weeks. It's 12 o'clock. This is the introduction today. Mental health crisis. Can I ask you a question? Where's the mental health happen at? Where's it happen? Speak up. Where's it happen? Where's the attack? Why is it out of crisis? Because the church is silent. The truth has been suppressed. People don't, you know, uh, let me explain to you real quick why preachers don't teach it anymore. There's a few reasons. A, we don't, we bought the, a lie that we don't deal with it anymore. You're a Christian, you don't deal with that. There's a Greek word for that, you've heard me use it before, it's baloney. <laughs> you do. The second reason that we don't do it anymore is because people will just say, well, you, th you are so you were saying that every depression, that every mental illness is, is a demon? Nobody said that. 
But I'm going to tell you that, uh, that every sickness and every disease and all of it come from the enemy. I can tell you that right now. And I can tell you that much of it, we're going to prove it in the Gospels, that much of it is indeed spiritual attack and what you believe in your mind. Because the attack, you know that the attack first comes is maybe you're not really deserved to be there. Or you're not really worthy to be involved in that. Maybe you've had a failed relationship or two. You think nobody really wants me. Nobody's ever going to really love me. Nobody. If somebody, if I, if I wasn't worthless, somebody would love me. Are you hearing me this morning? Taking every thought into captivity. Casting down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. But see, because the knowledge of God would tell you that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, that's anyone that believed on him would have everlasting life. That, 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 taking every thought into captivity and every imagination would tell you that while I was yet a sinner that Christ died for me. And you would know that greater love has no man than this to, than to lay down his life for a friend. He would tell you that he's a friend which sticks closer than a brother. He would tell you that you're never alone. He would tell you that he, that he loved you with an everlasting love. See, you would have the knowledge of the truth. When these things rare up. Now I'm telling you this morning church. This, the battle is spiritual. I'm telling you that we have lost our cutting edge. In the body of Christ. Because we're not willing to stand. Against the tide of the society. That we're not willing to take tough stands. As pastors and as ministers. As evangelists. We got, we got a pastor shortage in, the, in this country. And around this world today. And I'm going to tell you it's worse than what they even say. Because a lot of what's in the pulpit. That we would be better served if they would walk out of it. So, they could, so somebody could feel it. That would tell the truth. Because you're never going to get free. From these things any of it if you never learn what's true you shall know the truth the truth shall make you free I just want to touch on a few things that you, I want to tell you in the coming weeks, some of it, you'll hear some redundancy because it's all connected. You're going to hear some redundancy because you need to hear it more than once. You're going to need to hear, you're going to hear some layers because it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. I'm going to ask you a question for the coming weeks. For all the doubts and all the things that you think your pastor's lost your mind this morning. If this wasn't true. If there wasn't a spiritual battle that was against the powers and the darkness of the demon spirits and all that goes with it. Then why did John write in his first epistle for the believer to try every spirit? Try. Put it on trial. Look at the evidence. 
Try every spirit, that's a command, to see whether it be of God. Why did Mark or Matthew's gospel and, and Luke's gospel tell us about when the house has been swept clean? That what has been driven out will roam the dry places and come back to where it lived to see if there's anything in it. If there's not, said he will come back with seven times the worse and the, first con the latter condition will be worse than the first condition. When you get saved, listen to me, you have got to fill your mind. You have got to fill your heart. You have got to be. Paul said, don't be drunken with, drink, drunk with wine that's to excess. But what, did, what was the command? But be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to be full of something. Well, let me say it a different way. You are going to be full of something. There's no such thing as empty space spiritually. You are going to be full of something. The Bible commands you to be full of the Holy Spirit. It commands you to be full of His Word. It commands you to renew your mind with truth. We'll pick up there. I love you, Father. I can't. Thank you for your help. Lord, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray right now that you would arrest the hearts and minds of the people that's here live and in person this morning, that's watching later by live stream, the ones that will confront, the ones that will want to rise up, that, Lord, that, you would, that they would be confronted by the truth of your spirit and the truth of your word. Lord, I pray that you would open our minds and our hearts in the coming weeks. Lord, that, we would, that, that you would arrest the spirit of the believer, that we would be brought into a place of conviction and repentance as a body of Christ and a believer, that we would stand. Lord, you've called us to this hour and this place and this time. Lord, you're equipping us for the battle that's at hand. Lord, I'm asking for this morning, today and in the coming weeks, that you would open the floodgates of souls. People that's never heard your gospel. People that sit under your word for years and have never given their life to you. People that are, that are on their way to heaven, but, they're, but they're, that's it. They're carnally minded and they're being beat to death every day of their life because they don't have anything to fight with. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding, we pray. Stand with me all across this building in Jesus' name. Yeah, you're right, I've crossed the line. Radically crossed the line. There's no going back. The days ahead will prove. The days ahead is going to wake some people up. I'm going to reiterate it again because it's on my spirit again. I told you several months ago that there's coming a time in the coming days 
very soon the people all over this nation and all over the world are going to stand look gazing at their television with their mouth hanging open by what they've seen in front of them I remember those days at 9-11 some of you don't even most of our most of our young people don't even wasn't even alive during 9-11 that's why they're they've never seen world catastrophe They've never seen, they're not serious about anything. And I mean, they're not serious about anything. Except their social media following and their gaming buddies. That's it. I'm talking about our kids. They're not serious about anything. God's going to shake this thing. He's going to shake this thing. All of it. Writer Hebrews says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that what cannot be shaken can stand. He's going to get our attention. When he does, listen to me, church. When he does, don't be hopeless. The one that already knows, you're already praying. You're already seeking, seek him all the more. The ones that are not serious now, you're going to remember the words of a preacher this morning. And instead of being hopeless and scared and falling apart, you're going to, be, you're going to know who you can look to. You're going to remember the day that the preacher told you to quit being silly and to get your eyes on him. And you're going to remember that there's a hope in Jesus Christ, that there's a hope in this world, and it's, and it's, and it's not the things of this world. Before we leave at 1210, all over this building, would you join me? Just where you're at is fine. Would you join me? Raise your voices to God. And would, can we pray for the church, this church, the church, and the nation and the world today as a people? Can we do that all over this place? Would you raise your hands, raise your voices to God? God, we come to you in the name that's above every name. Lord, we come to you and present ourselves as a body of Christ, as a family, as an individual, as a, as a corporate body, as the church. And Lord, we ask you to open our eyes. Lord, we ask you to, to, to draw us close. Lord, we seek you this morning. Lord, we're asking you to make us light in a dark place. Lord, we're asking you to make us salty wherever we go. Lord, I pray for mercy on the church. Lord, I pray for mercy upon the country. I pray for mercy upon the world. Lord, I pray for mercy upon Brazil this morning. I pray for mercy in the Ukraine and in Russia and in the United States, in the White House, in the State House, in the Houses of Congress. Lord, that people would, that their deceived eyes would be open, that they would rise up against uh, in prayer and in warfare against the deceived leadership of this nation and of this world and of the leaders of the denominations and of the church that they would that they would either stand up with backbones or step aside and let someone stand in the gap Lord strengthen us strengthen us strengthen us <coughs> Lord I'm asking Lord, because I know your word declares that it's not with enticing words of men's wisdom. Nothing I said will change anybody if there's not a demonstration of the power of your spirit. Lord, we've got to have you. We've got to have a demonstration of the power of your spirit in the day that we live. Lord, we put it toward, to you and ask you 
Have your way, oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.